We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ivy Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are live here on a Friday, which of course means on our new schedule. This is a little time for some Notre Dame recruiting hour, getting you all ready for what should be a big week weekend for Notre Dame, both on the field. Notre Dame sitting at 6-2, and two, taking on the Pitt Panthers, who are sitting at 2-5, and five, a little bit of a struggling program. Notre Dame has a chance to obviously continue the momentum that they built before this past bye week defeating USC 48-20 to the previous week. But also, it's another recruiting weekend because Notre Dame is at home. So we're going to talk visit preview today, some of the names that you should know that will be on campus this weekend for Notre Dame. I want to start you off, though, with a great conversation about 2025 recruiting. I want to talk about the offensive class, potentially, in 2025. There's already four great commits in the class for Notre Dame in 2025. I want to talk about the baseline of that, what those early commitments mean. I want to break down the rest of the positions, names that you all need to know, numbers that you need to know in case you've been curious of how many wide receivers is Notre Dame going to take, how many tight ends, how many offensive linemen. I'll be able to answer that today as well. We'll also talk a little bit about some of the names on the board that you should know. There's obviously going to be a lot more names that have been offered by the University of Notre Dame in the 2025 class and the guys that I am going to hit on today. But I will say this is that we have, because Brian Driscoll actually together, we put together a little bit of an Intel piece. We uh, we put up a little bit of an Intel piece earlier today, giving you guys some names that you need to know and just some Intel, some movement in recruiting. And, But that piece focused, and you should go to boards.irishbreakdown.com if you've not seen that piece, by the way. But that board, that little Intel piece had focused on the defensive side of the football. There's going to be another offensive Intel piece coming out for the board. So again, boards.irishbreakdown.com if you want that thing first. But I'm going to give you guys a little bit of that insight into some of that Intel. You're not going to get everything here today, but there are going to be some names that maybe you need to know, maybe names that need a little bit more conversation as of today. Maybe some names that have kind of fallen off for Notre Dame and as far as some guys that maybe we thought Notre Dame would be in on earlier. But as of today, 
things aren't maybe aren't trending in the greatest direction. So some positive, some potential negative, I guess, just some movement on the board is really what we're kind of looking at here. So we're going to dive into that. And then, of course, at the end, we're going to hit the mailbag. So if you guys have any questions at all, throw mailbag questions in the chat. If you could just do me a favor, obviously doing a solo show today, if you can just put an MB before the question or a mailbag before the question or I know some people like to put the emojis, so if you want to put the little letter emoji in front of that as well, that would be very appreciated. would help me uh, not have to navigate the chat as much as I possibly can do without because you all know that I lose my attention at times, right? My my thought process goes one way or the other, so you guys know how to really get me off my groove at times. So I want to make sure that I stay in sync and moving forward here, but MB, so mailbag questions at any time in the chat. We already have some great ones that I have been starring even before the show began. Wanna, I think a quick shout out to you all should be always appreciated in this chat because everyone comes. I mean, I was literally in here like a half an hour early before we started, and there were already people, you know, talking just general chatter about Notre Dame, throwing mailbag questions, saying what's up. You all are fantastic out there. So big shout out to you as we head into the weekend as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 2025 offensive class. Let's get this conversation started off. Again, a lot of digging over the last couple months, last few weeks, couple weeks especially. Really. Really getting uh, a really getting a lot more insight for you all, as I know you all very much appreciate it. We're not going to give you any fluff here. We're going to give you just the names to know, the names not to know, and where things are training with the University of Notre Dame. When you start with the 2025 offensive class, because my my last question I intend to answer here today is just how good can this class be if Notre Dame is able to close on a lot of the guys that they are early favorites for, or at least in the top group for. How good could this offensive class be? Because we're finishing up a 2024 recruiting class for Notre Dame that arguably offensively is one of the best that we have seen in several years. I mean, I think Brian said maybe in the last like 10 or 15 years as far as just a full scope of an offensive class. When you consider 
C.J. Carr, potential elite quarterback at the top. You consider two great running backs, very different running backs as well. You consider the wide receiver class that Notre Dame has put together as well, including Cam Williams, Logan Saldate, Micah Gilbert, Jack Larson at tight end. And then the four-man offensive line class is looking a whole lot better after they got a commitment, obviously, from Gerby Lambert, who in that intel piece, to give you a little bit of insight, but Notre Dame had identified Gerby Lambert very early on in this process, and he was their top-rated offensive lineman on the board in nationally. Not just a guy that was reasonable, not just a guy that they ultimately wanted, but when they did their due diligence early, he was the guy that they locked in and said, that is the best offensive lineman in the 2025, uh, 2024 recruiting class. Excuse me. Will they be right? We'll see as he develops, at, obviously, at the University of Notre Dame. But he was their guy. And getting that player late to be able to really solidify this class. And again, they're going to be still recruiting Carter Nelson, star tight end that is currently committed to Nebraska. But there's obviously going to be some uncertainty there, right? I think that some days, and we gave a little insight in this in the intel as well, some days it seems very likely that Carter Nelson might end up in the Nordian class. Some other days it seems like he's just very very okay or very happy with where he's at in Nebraska. So if he ultimately ends up with Notre Dame or not, that would just be, that would be a cherry on top. That is not a necessity in this class. Cause you already have Jack Larson, obviously Notre Dame wants Carter Nelson. They have always wanted Carter Nelson, but we'll see if they're able to make that flip happen when everything kind of works down the line. Offensively though, in 2025, which I, which I think is a big reason why this one could end up being a conversation as far as, is this a better offensive class in 2024? And just how good is this class? Is this a great class? Is this a historical class from a Notre Dame perspective, not talking nationally? I think that conversation could come up because Notre Dame has created a tremendous baseline for themselves early on in this process. First and foremost, seven commits in the 2025 class in its entirety, four commits on the offensive side of the football for Notre Dame, Deuce Knight, quarterback out of George County High School in Loosedale, Mississippi. They have running back commits from Justin Thurman out of Tampa Bay uh, out, of, out of Tampa Bay in the state of Florida, Daniel Anderson out of Bryant High School in the state of Arkansas. They also have James Flanagan who's out of Notre Dame Academy in Green Bay, Wisconsin, of course the son of former Notre Dame defensive lineman Jim Flanagan Jr. who had a lot of success playing alongside Bryant Young in his Notre Dame career. Now, that is a tremendous baseline, and I want to talk about that group in its entirety because I've talked a lot about Deuce Knight at this point, and it would be ill-advised and irresponsible for me not to just hit on the simple fact that Deuce Knight is a potential five-star caliber signal caller out of the state of Mississippi. Notre Dame has has gotten a commitment from a, or a yeah, has gotten a recruit from the state of Mississippi one time in the last 26 years before Deuce Knight committed to Notre Dame. That was a couple years ago, Caleb offered the cornerback who eventually transferred out of Notre Dame. So Mississippi is a place that Notre Dame has rarely ever touched base. Like They had back-to-back recruiting classes in 1996 and 1997, including Jarius Jackson, that they made some hayway in Mississippi. But for the most part, that is not typically a spot that Notre Dame frequents and has any sort of success. Not only did you get a big-time quarterback out of a place that you don't typically get a quarterback from, you also got a kid that at 6'5", 200 pounds, right around at this point, he has all the upside in the world. Is he the best quarterback in the 2025 class today? 
No, not in my opinion. But is there a reality where if he's developed properly that he could end up being the best quarterback to come out of the 2025 class? Absolutely. You can't teach 6'5", arm strength, natural thrower, very athletic. You can't teach the God-given athletic traits that Deuce Knight has. And also, he's a very smart young man. So if he, if Gino Gadouli is who we think he is as a developer of quarterbacks, if this coaching staff can get the most out of Deuce Knight going forward, then you have a potential superstar on the table. And why is that so important? Because everyone cares about quarterbacks, guys. Go watch Swamp Kings. And again, I hated the show because I just think there was a lot of deflection. I think that there was a lot of things that weren't touched on. I think there was a lot of glorifying of people that shouldn't have been glorified. I really did not enjoy the series at all, especially at the end. But I remember the one key thing I brought from that was it was Brandon Spikes, who's a big time recruit coming out of high school. And he said the minute that Tim Tebow committed to Florida, he was going to Florida. And he didn't even have a personal relationship with Tim Tebow. It was just Tim Tebow was a five-star caliber quarterback that everyone knew, that everyone respected, and could be the face of a program. And that's what Deuce Knight potentially represents for this team. Getting C.J. Carr and Deuce Knight in back-to-back classes. And you can even extend that back to 2023 class uh, with Kenny Minchie, obviously, who I think has a bright future. But when we're talking about just C.J. Carr and Deuce Knight in back-to-back, that is two potential high-caliber elite quarterbacks in back-to-back classes. And the great thing about Deuce Knight is that when we talk about the entirety of a recruiting profile, you know who Deuce Knight's going to attract? Great players from the Southeast. That is what he's going to attract to come up to play in South Bend, Indiana. It's already happened, guys. This isn't me speculating. This has literally already happened. Go ask C.J. May, and I have asked C.J. May, and other people have asked C.J. May, Hey CJ, what what was the uh, final what was the final straw there to get you to commit to Notre Dame? What was the final reason that you chose the University of Notre Dame? Because you had a whole lot of offers that were on the table, man, including the University of Georgia as an Alabama pass rusher. What was the reason? And he'll tell you, I like I love Notre Dame, and I was trending that way. But the minute that Deuce Knight committed to the University of Notre Dame, it was over. We already have proof that this is the type of impact that Deuce Knight can have on a recruiting class. We already have that, and that matters, right? Then you look at the rest of the class. You already have your running backs basically done. We'll talk about it. Notre Dame's going to keep their eyes specifically on one other running back in the 2025 class, but you already have two running backs that I think when Daniel Daniel Anderson out of Bryan, Arkansas, is actually back from his injury most likely tonight from this foot injury. So we're going to see what he develops into for the rest of the year. But him combined with Justin Thurman, who I know Justin Thurman got off to a slow start this season. But if you have paid attention to what just uh, Justin Thurman has been able to do over the last three to four games, been phenomenal. Nine touchdowns over the last four games, well over a hundred yards all purpose each game this year. Um, each game, the last four games of the season, he is starting to trend into the player that Notre Dame was projecting him to be after being a part-time player as a sophomore. You feel a whole lot better about where Justin Thurman fits when you consider the fact that he is a 4-3, 4-4 type of athlete. He brings a lot of speed to the table. So you have your two running backs in the class. 
which means basically Dylan McCullough as the running back coach at Notre Dame can go big or go home. Like he can go big in 2025 say, Hey, let's get a James Simon in this class. Or he could say, we're good with the two guys. Now let's start going after the 2026 kids and really start getting the thing, getting the, the wheels turning in there because you now have gone from Jeremiah love to Kedron young, Aeneas Williams in 2024, and then Daniel Anderson and Justin Thurman in 2025 folks. That's really, really good, man. That's really, really good. And say you get a James Simon in 2025, and we'll talk about James a little bit more here in a couple of minutes. Then that running back class is just stupid in 2025. The future of the running back position, I remember it was scarce, man. I remember the days of Tony Jones going into the Georgia game being the only healthy running back on the roster. I remember those days. You are not in those days anymore. You are five deep at running back today. Two more dynamic ones are leaving. I mean, sorry, are, are coming to Notre Dame after in, in front of the 2024 season. Notre Dame is in a great spot at the running back position, and the 2025 class has helped to solidify that future. Last guy that I think was very important for this class for a couple different reasons. That's James Flanagan, who is a tight end out of Notre Dame Academy in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Again, I already mentioned him, Jim Flanagan's son, Jim Flanagan Jr., that played at the University of Notre Dame during the Bryant Young era of Notre Dame football, which that defense line was filthy. James Flanagan is not only a considered a top 150 caliber tight end by multiple platforms already. Not only is he 6'6", 230 pounds, can run, explosive athlete, blocks his butt off as well. But he also filled a hole that you currently had in your in your recruiting recruiting in 2025 and filled it. I think it was a necessity to get him in the class because there was a little bit of negative connotation to the tight end room in 2025 from the recruiting perspective after Nate Roberts had decommitted. You already had a really good tight end in Nate Roberts. He ultimately decommits, and that kind of left a little bit of a black eye on tight end recruiting. You're kind of like, dang, man, like <laughs> that's not great, right? Like it, you, because you're looking at 2024 and saying you got a really good player in Jack Larson, but Carter Nelson's still a kid that you're trying to get. You got Nate Roberts early, then he decommits. You just kind of needed to feel better about tight end recruiting a little bit. And I think that's what James Flanagan provided to this team. He's also the first true pass catcher i know running backs catch balls but first true pass catcher to go along with deuce knight as well so i think that these this foursome here has really created a great early buzz for notre dame because you know what i know deuce knight is going to recruit his butt off and he's going to be very attractive to come play football with justin thurman if you follow him on twitter he is very engaging and he is very uh, very outward with his outreach to notre dame targets on the board you have the three kids on the of the offensive class, Deuce Knight, Justin Thurman, Daniel Anderson, who are all Southeastern kids, which I think, again, that matters, man. That push, I think, could really just make it even more attractive to some more Florida kids, to some more Georgia kids, Alabama kids. Like You can really reach into that region. And then I think Jim's, James Flanagan, on top of just getting a really good tight end in the class, also is your first Northern guy in the offensive class as well. He's out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. He's been to the South End countless times throughout his uh, throughout his life. So he knows Notre Dame football. He knows the, the, the Midwest. He knows that region as well. So not only do you have the players that can really touch into the Southeast, a 
a part of the country that you need to hit more regularly, but you also have your Northern fix in James Flanagan as well. So that creates a tremendous baseline for a class, in my opinion. Absolutely wonderful. And Deuce Knight is obviously the biggest part of that, but he's not the only part of that. That's really why I want to highlight Justin Thurman, Daniel Anderson, James Flanagan, because each one of these football players is going to be a great movement moving forward and great asset to a recruiting staff. Because after a player becomes recruited, as long as they're fully locked in, they become a huge asset to the recruiting operation, getting them on campus getting them around players, giving their perspective, helping to recruit other great football players to the 2025 class. That's a tremendous baseline. Tremendous baseline for Notre Dame. Now let's talk about players that are on the board, positions that we should be looking at, what the numbers look like at each spot. Let's talk about that. Quarterback is done, obviously. Deuce Knight committed in the class. You, Notre Dame is already turning its eyes to 2026. There's six quarterbacks that have already been offered. They also have a really interesting quarterback named Nathan Bernhardt, who's who's visiting Notre Dame this weekend. He does not have an offer from Notre Dame, but he is considered a top 80 recruit by 247 Sports at the quarterback position. So Notre Dame has already turned their eyes to the quarterback class in 2026. So Deuce Knight, they're done. Running backs. You could potentially be done here, and you're completely fine. Justin Thurman, Daniel Anderson, you got your two running backs in the class. The one cool thing that that Justin Thurman presents to the class is that I do believe, because we've had Brian Smith on here before, that thinks that Justin Thurman could potentially be a safety, could potentially be a a slot receiver, kind of gadget-type player. He gives you some athletic upside. And I know that Notre Dame views him as a scat back, so as a true running back, just kind of a different type of running back than maybe what you have fully on your roster. But I still think that he gives you some, some flexibility with how you could potentially recruit the position. Because we saw during the USC game, Notre Dame got a visit from James Simon, who's out of Calvary Baptist Prep in Shreveport, Louisiana, one of the top running backs in the 2025 class. It was a little bit of a surprise for some. James, when James announced that he was coming and made the, the the coaches aware that he was coming, everyone kind of was like, took a step back and they're like, hey, what's up with that? Like, don't you have two running backs in the class? You can't take three running backs in the class. But I think that there's potential there. And I know that there's potential there because Notre Dame is going to re- keep recruiting James Simon. This is definitely not a foregone conclusion that Simon ends up in the class at Notre Dame. But I think it is a little scope into the simple fact of, Running backs, the attrition, the quick change to a roster that you could see, whether that's a transfer, whether that's a player leaving early, whether that's an injury or some combination of the sorts, running back position could be one that changes instantly on the college level. And also, I think that Justin Thurman gives you some versatility there if that's a player that you want to take. And I also think that for me, and I think that Raymond Harton just said in the chat, and I agree completely, James Simon might be just a player that is too good not to take in the end. If James Simon wants to come play at Notre Dame, James Simon is going to come play at Notre Dame. I I think that they're I think that Notre Dame will figure out the roster numbers. They won't do that for every position, for every player, but I think James Simon is the type where you say, you know what? We got enough enough flexibility. We got enough. maneuverability with the roster where you could make that one happen. So 
Keep eyes on James Simon. Again, not a foregone conclusion in Notre Dame's class in 2025, but Notre Dame already has a great baseline at running back in 2025, and they're going to continue to recruit James Simon and see what happens there. Wide receivers is a very, very interesting conversation. So first and foremost, what's the number right now? I believe the number at wide receiver in 2025 as of today is three, but I wouldn't be surprised if it eventually gets to four. So three wide receivers, maybe four when all is said and done. Some of the top names to know on the board, and we'll break it down kind of where things are with each of these players. Taylor and Taylor, wide receiver out of Geneva Community in the state of Illinois. Jerome Bettis Jr., who is, of course, the son of former Notre Dame running back Jerome Bettis. He is out of Woodward Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. You also have Derek Meadows, wide receiver out of Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, Nevada. You also have Quincy Porter, who is a wide receiver out of Bergen Catholic here in New Jersey. And Dayla McCutcheon, wide receiver out of Tex, out of the state of Texas. Uh, he's out of Lucas Lovejoy, by the way. That right now is kind of the board that Notre Dame is really focusing on. There are other talented players that are still on the board. I wouldn't be shocked if maybe even at some point, depending on how things go, if that board gets expanded a little bit. But that is really the players that Notre Dame is going to be focused on most moving forward. Again, that is Derek Meadows, Taylor Taylor, Jerome Bettis Jr., Quincy Porter, Dalen McCutcheon. That's really the players that Notre Dame is super just kind of honed in on right now for different reasons. Derek Meadows, and I'll, I'll get to this in the in the, the Pittsburgh preview as far as the visitors that you should expect on campus. Derek Meadows is a player that Notre Dame has been high on since he came to campus this past offseason for the Irish Invasion. At that point, he was rated as like a three-star player, wasn't really a, talked about a ton. Since then, he's gotten more offers. He's now ranked in, in the 70s by one platform, overall players in the country. Consensus four-star recruit now, 6'5", 185 pounds, 4'5", flat laser time at Notre Dame. So he is tall, he is long, and he can run. Again, we're talking about high school juniors, folks. So at 6'5", already running 4'5", flat. This kid is legitimately probably going to be a 4-4 something athlete very early on in his Notre Dame career. Not if, if, if not next year for Bishop Gorman, he's that type of athlete. He is visiting for Pittsburgh, which will be his third visit to campus. Notre Dame is in a very good spot with Derek Meadows. And we'll talk a little bit more about him as we kind of get into the visit preview. But right now it seems like a Notre Dame Washington battle for Derek Meadows for the Bishop Gorman star. And I'll talk a little bit more about, the tug and pull there. And I think what each side has to offer, which is going to be an interesting one when Derek Meadows ultimately makes a decision, but he's certainly a player that Notre Dame wants. He is a priority player for Notre Dame. They love this skill set. If he's developed properly, he could be a superstar, but he is a little bit of a boomer bust player, which we talked about a little bit in the show yesterday, but Notre Dame loves Derek Meadows. Taylor Taylor, a guy that we've talked a lot about in the state of Illinois, dynamic player, a player that I would say for me is probably the best combination of short area explosiveness and speed on this board. I mean, he kind of just has an all around athletic profile, a guy that Notre Dame loves a lot. He's been on campus three times already since he's been offered by Notre Dame during the pot of gold offer event on St. Patrick's day. This one is one where 
him and his family just aren't in a major rush. This is more of a, as of today, after junior year, after official visits, wanting to make a decision. That's that's kind of where you are right today with Taylor and Taylor. So you have to be patient if you're Notre Dame. You have to be patient. But the great thing is he's in your backyard. Keep getting him to come to campus. Just keep getting him to come back. Keep getting him to come back. If you do, then I think that Notre Dame is going to have a great opportunity when all is said and done. They will have a great opportunity to close on Taylor and Taylor when that decision is finalized, when it's in the works, when it has, when everything is just kind of moving forward there. So Taylor and Taylor is a big player for Notre Dame in the 2025 class, a player that they absolutely love. They also really, really love Jerome Bettis Jr., who we've talked about a ton on this channel. 6'2", 6'3", now, 180 pounds, having a, a, a improved junior year. Sophomore film was not fantastic, but junior year has been a whole lot better. And his offer list is really starting to blow up. I mean, at that point when Notre Dame offered, I think he only had like two or three offers. And I was actually looking at this the other day. I'm going to pull it up real quick as we're talking. But Jerome Bettis Jr. has gotten a offer list that is really starting to fill out and to rival some of the better wide receivers in the class. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Here we go. I know I had it on here somewhere. So Jerome Bettis Jr., as of today, now has offers from Notre Dame, Boston College, Arkansas, Missouri, NC State, Texas A&M, Georgia Tech, UCF, and South Carolina. So he's been offered by several good schools now at this point. Notre Dame, though, is very high on him, and he's been high on them for a, long, for a while. He is just finalizing the process is how I would kind of put it right now. Taking a look at a couple other places, I think Notre Dame has been the leader for some time. It's just about getting comfortable with everything, right? I, I think that we've seen now over the last couple cycles that being a legacy recruit to a school matters, but there is also the other side of, and I'm not saying this is necessarily Jerome Bettis Jr., but like this is the tug and pull of being a, a legacy recruit. When you're a legacy, you know the program well, they know you, they, you know, you have kind of that insight into what a program can provide. The other side, though, is that some guys just want to blaze their own trail and some guys want to create their own legacy. We saw that with Emmett Mosley, obviously, in the in the 2024 class, a guy that Notre Dame liked and was trying to recruit early on, but he ultimately wanted to do something different. So he ended up committing to Stanford and staying out in California. Some guys just want to take that path. But Notre Dame loves Jerome Bettis Jr. And I think that Notre Dame is the leader for Jerome Bettis Jr. It's just a question of, you know, when the process kind of fill, figures itself out and it ends. Two other wide receivers that I think you should just keep close eyes on, because again, we're talking three to four wide receivers. I think ideally, if Notre Dame got Derek Meadows, Taylor Taylor, and Jerome Bettis Jr., they might call it a day. But I do think that there's a couple other really talented wide receivers on the board that if they wanted to come, I just think it would be hard for Notre Dame to say no. I, I just really I, – I would have a hard time if Quincy Porter, wide receiver out of Bergen Catholic, or Dalen McCutcheon, wide receiver out of Lucas Lovejoy in the state of Texas, if either one of those guys wanted to come play for Notre Dame in the 2025 class, I would be shocked if Notre Dame didn't make that work if they didn't make that happen. I would just be very surprised about that. I really would. So keep eyes on Dalen McCutcheon, who's been on campus twice at Notre Dame, 
Quincy Porter has also been on campus once at Notre Dame, but Notre Dame needs to get him back. He's not been back this season. You need him back in the offseason if you can. Both very talented players, both very different players, though. Quincy Porter is more the 6'3 boundary type of receiver. I don't think I don't feel great about that one as of today. I would say probably just from my vantage point that Penn State is probably the leader for Quincy Porter, but there is some intrigue with Notre Dame, but you need to get him back to campus to even have a shot there in the end. But Dale McCutcheon, I think that Notre Dame has a chance with. I think they do. Schools like Oklahoma, Texas, like some of the, the more you know prominent schools near him are going to be in the running until the very end as well. But I think that Dalen McCutcheon really likes Notre Dame a lot, and they have a chance to close on him if they choose to. And if he is a player that Notre Dame is able to fit into this class, or if he's the third wide receiver in the class, you never know what might happen, obviously. So keep your eyes again. Derek Meadows, Taylor Taylor, Jerome Bettis Jr., Quincy Porter, Dalen McCutcheon. That's the short board right now as far as guys that you really need to know in the 2025 class. Tight end is another interesting conversation because Notre Dame already has a commitment from James Flanagan in the 2025 class. They could potentially be done if they're able to flip Carter Nelson in 2024. If you're able to flip Carter Nelson in 2024 to get Jack Larson and Carter Nelson. And oh, sorry, real quick. I, I saw people talking about Jamie French in the chat. Look, Jamie French is committed to Alabama. Notre Dame loved him early. I just, I don't foresee that one happening. So we're not going to spend time on that. Right. I, I true Notre Dame will keep, some feelers out and some conversations with Jamie French, if you can make that happen. But I just, I don't foresee that one. I think that if Jamie French, I I think that Jamie French, if he doesn't stick with Alabama, he's probably going to stay in the Southeast. If not, he probably comes up to play at Ohio state. Like I think that's probably the order of outcomes for Jamie French. So I just don't see that one happening. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that one. We will tight end Carter Nelson, 2024 Notre Dame would love to get him in the class. Again, back and forth. Notre Dame's fighting. We'll see what happens there. If he does not end up in the class, you should expect Notre Dame to push for a second tight end in 2025 to go along with James Flanagan. The number one tight end to know right now, because we mentioned, I mentioned this several weeks ago after Nate Roberts had decommitted and after James Flanagan was the clear number one on the board, that if Notre Dame was going to take a second tight end in 2025, it probably, they were going to, see what traction they could gain with a couple guys on the board. But if not, they were going to expand. And the only player that has been added to the board since I said that is Lincoln Cure, who's a tight end out of out of Goodland, Kansas. 6'6", 220 pounds. If you watch his film, he's much more he's much more a player that is that is more wide receiver than he is tight end right now. He's a, he's a flexed out option. He plays in the boundary, plays outside and Lincoln cure, but Lincoln cure brings a dynamic element that I think would be very intriguing to match with James Flanagan. And he's a player that Notre Dame likes. They offered him obviously on his visit a couple weeks ago when he came for the USC game, it was his first trip to Notre Dame and he loved it. His family loved it. I think Notre Dame has a chance there if that is the option that they go to. If Carter Nelson is not in the 2024 class, I would I would expect them to turn the heat up on Lincoln Cure in the 2025 class. I think there's one platform that now has Lincoln Cure as the second-ranked tight end in the 2025 class and a four-star. A player that, if you look at his stats, as a sophomore, he only had like three receptions. He has been a big junior breakout, man. I think he has right around 1,000 yards this year. 
he has really turned it on from an on-field perspective and a recruiting perspective this offseason and into this season. He has taken a massive jump. So Lincoln Cure, tight end, 2025, the other guy to keep a close eye on to pair with James Flanagan. Let's talk offensive line in the 2025 class. No commitments currently from the offensive line, but guys that I feel pretty good about and uh, several that I feel really good about. It's going to start with Owen Strebig, who's out of the state of Wisconsin, 6'8", 290 pounds. He's out of Catholic Memorial in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, someone made a joke on the message board yesterday that actually made me LOL. It made me chuckle a little bit where it said uh, it, it, it was it was basically a, a, a what spends more time on campus, an undergrad at Notre Dame or Owen Strebig. And the answer is an undergrad, but it's funny because Owen Strebig has been to campus five times already since being offered. He wasn't even offered during the pot of gold. He was offered a week or two after that, but he has consistently just gone back, gone back, gone back to school, gone back to school. And at this point, I think it's, it's, I I don't hesitate to say this. Owen Strebig, I think his top school is Notre Dame substantially right now. Like I would say Notre Dame is, is, created a a nice lead in that recruitment. But when is it going to end? When is it going to end? He's talking about making a commitment after junior year, after taking official visits. But I've said over the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't be shocked. And again, there's no Intel here, but just kind of reading the room a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked if that eventually gets moved up. Because I think there might be a moment for Owen at some point here, because I do anticipate him taking a couple more visits in, in, over the next few weeks. But I wouldn't be shocked if there's a moment here soon where he's just kind of like, what am I waiting for? Right? Like, it's Notre Dame. It, Notre Dame has been the school for me for some time. So I think that Notre Dame really has a chance to close this one pretty quickly. And I think that Notre Dame is the leader for Owen Streetbig. So if there's an offensive line that I feel best about right now, it's probably Owen, but it might closely be followed by Maddie Augustine, who's out of Brunswick School in the state of Connecticut. We're also talking about Ethan. Um, actually, Brian had a nice little intel about Ethan Long, the safety from New- from Brunswick School, same school, teammates, 2025 kids, on the intel piece at boards.irishbreakdown.com. So if you haven't seen the piece yet, Please sign up to the message board, boards.irishbreakdown.com. A lot of great info, 2025 recruiting in there. And also some nice little tidbits about the 2024 class and how Notre Dame's feeling about, you know, the just kind of the pulse on those kids and vibes around sources and the coaching staff and a lo- lot of great things in that, in that intel piece that you guys should keep an eye out for. Maddie Augustine has been to campus at Notre Dame multiple times now. He was a kid that camped this offseason and earned a scholarship offer there. And, I mean, quite quite literally, like that, like that day, Notre Dame was like, yeah, that's a guy we want. Like they made a decision very quickly after they saw him in person that Matty Augustine at 6'7", 290 pounds, still developing to his body, Athletic gifts, a little bit raw, but upside is tremendous. That's a guy that they want in the class. So I think that for me, Owen Strebig, I think Notre Dame is a clear leader. I also think that at Matty Augustine, Notre Dame is the clear leader. 
he hasn't set a firm timeline for when he would like to make the decision. But I think that Notre Dame is the leader by a pretty large margin right now. And yeah, so I, I think I think that those two players are guys that if I had to pick today would be in the 2025 class for Notre Dame. And Chris Ayers just had an interesting point. He said, how many times has Strebig visited Wisconsin? I think it's only been like twice, Chris. Notre Dame has definitely been visited way more than University of Wisconsin, which is, of course, the in-state school there for Owen. And a, and a team that, Notre, that Owen likes. I mean, he's talked well about Wisconsin in the past, but I would just say that Notre Dame is far and away the higher caliber fit for him right now as of today. Three more offensive linemen I think you should just keep a close eye on. Again, I think that this board could expand. I think the reach could expand depending. But numbers for the offensive line class I think is going to be three, potentially four, depending on how things finish up and how roster construction figures itself out. You know, if a guy leaves school early, if a fifth year doesn't come back, if a sixth year doesn't come back, there's a lot of things that kind of go into this formula here. But I think we're definitely at three. Could get up to four on the offensive line. So three to four players. Three other players to keep a close eye on right now for Notre Dame. Will Black, who is another offensive tackle out of the state of Connecticut. 6'7", 285 pounds. He's former. Uh, he's originally from Canada. And he is a really talented athlete. He looks the part, man. He, again, a little bit raw. Still developing to his body, but he's a high school junior. What do we expect? I shouldn't be expecting these guys to be finished products and Joe Alt players today. That just isn't a very reasonable thing. But the athletic gifts are fantastic. He's been in Notre Dame before. Another kid that camped this offseason got a scholarship offer. A, a, a player that Notre Dame has kept consistent contact with over the last couple months. So when you talk offensive line recruiting in 2025, you have to talk about Will Black. You have to. I'm just here to tell you that right now. He's a player that I kind of highlighted in, a, in an extra recruiting show this week that I think we need to talk about more. I, I don't think enough Notre Dame fans and supporters, and even myself at times, have talked enough about Will Black. He's a player that Joe Rudolph in this step really likes by all indications. So keep eyes on Will Black. I know they're trying to get him. They're trying to get him back to campus. But obviously, he hasn't set up anything this this season. But also, he's only been to like one or two places this entire season. He hasn't traveled much, so I don't think it's an indicator of interest or anything like that. I just think that he's a kid that's been super focused on his season. Josh Petty, who's an offensive lineman out of the state of Georgia. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one. I think that this kid is one of the best offensive linemen in the class. I think he might be the best athlete of any offensive lineman I've seen outside of maybe David Sanders Jr., Josh Petty is that athletic in the 2025 class. And Josh Petty says all the right things about Notre Dame. Every time I talk about him, he also talks in depth about Joe Rudolph and how much admiration he has for him and the program. But I, I, I'll believe it when I see it, right? I'll believe it when he gets to campus. He's a kid that's never been to campus until a Georgia offensive lineman who is a top 30-ish caliber player, in my opinion. I think he's ranked by at least one service like that. Until he gets to campus, just 
just don't buy it. I mean, we, we have learned in recruiting. I know I've learned in just my two years of doing this now is that actions speak a lot louder than words. Most kids will say, speak praises of every part of a program, but then awesome. Are, are you going to go visit crickets? Crickets. Actions speak louder than words. So I do think that Josh Petty has a good opinion of Notre Dame. I do. Is it enough for him to come to campus? No idea. No idea. I hope. Because, hey, if you can get in with Josh Petty, folks, special. Special kid. He's special. But I, I think he's going to stay, stay in the South. I think he's going to stay in the South. We'll see if they can change my mind. Let's, we'll see if they surprise me. I hope they surprise me. Because, again, if you ask me who are the most talented offensive linemen in the class, I would say David Sanders Jr. And then after that, the answer might be Josh Petty. It might be Josh Petty. It, it might very well be. So Notre Dame likes him. They consistently have conversation with him. But until he gets to campus, just not buying it. That's where I am with Josh Petty. Last guy that you need to keep an eye on, Michael Roski, who is an offensive lineman out of the state of Wisconsin, similar to Owen Strebig. A player that visited Notre Dame this season is also a player that got his offer this past offseason while camping at Notre Dame. 6'7", 285, 290 pounds. You're seeing a theme here, by the way, guys. Josh Petty is 6'5". The other four players that I'm talking about right now are 6'7 are or higher. All of them. Which, again, I think speaks to the type of player that Notre Dame's trying to find. There's there's a whole lot of offensive tackle body types on this board. A whole lot of them. whole lot of them. Michael is very talented, gifted mover as well. And he really, I think he really likes Notre Dame a lot. Wisconsin's another school that is very, he's very high on. I would say Notre Dame, Wisconsin are probably the top two for Roski as, as of today. Or someone said it's Rayski. I, I forget. I, Michael, I'm going to need to hit you up later, man, because I, I completely forget how to pronounce your last name. My, my deepest apologies. But he visited for the USC game. And actually, he visited for the Ohio State game. Excuse me. Not USC. He visited for Ohio State. And he, so his situation is this. He is very talented. High upside. Player Notre Dame likes. But he's dealing with a knee injury that has cost him his entirety of his junior year. I think he played in like two football games before he suffered a knee injury. So that Ohio State game, I think, was actually big for him because he got to talk to the coaching staff one-on-one about the injury, the recovery, the rehab. I mean, basically where you are with this one is Notre Dame is kind of waiting to see how he recovers and to see how everything works out. So he's a player that Notre Dame likes. He's a player that Notre Dame is recruiting. But we have to see how he comes back from the knee injury because anytime you have a kid that's around 300 pounds with a knee injury, things can get dicey with lower, lower body injuries. Lower body injuries – and back injuries for offensive linemen can get a little can get a little hairy at times. But he's also 17 years old, so I'm sure he'll recover quite fine from it. But you know, gotta do your due diligence from the injury perspective. So that's the offensive line board again: Strebig, Augustine, Black, Will Black, Josh Petty, and Michael Roski. That's the offensive line board as of today. Could it expand at some point? Sure. But as of right now, that's kind of the players that Notre Dame is really focusing on. So. Wide receivers anticipate three in the class, potentially four, depending how things work out. Tight ends, if Notre Dame does not get Carter Nelson in 2024 class, 
You should anticipate them going after a second tight end in 2025. Lincoln Cure is the name guy to know. And then three to four offensive linemen in the class. You already have your quarterback. You already have two running backs. Maybe you take James Simon. But otherwise, that would be the offensive class here. Now, the next question is, because if you ask me today, who are the players that Notre Dame is in very good positions with? I would say this. Commitments from Deuce Knight, Justin Thurman, Daniel Anderson, and James Flanagan. I think they're in a great spot for Derek Meadows. I think they're in a good spot for Taylor Taylor. I think they're in a great spot for Jerome Bettis Jr. And I think they're in a solid to good spot with Dayla McCutcheon, if that's a player that they push for. Solid spot for Lincoln Cure, but that one is still pretty early. Owen Streetbeek, they're in a great spot. Matty Augustine, they're in a great spot. Will Black, I think they're in a solid to good spot. And Michael Roski, they're in a solid to good spot as well. So you're in a good spot with a lot of players there, folks, a whole lot. And if you close on just 80% of the players that you are in the lead for right now, not even counting who will get added to the board, what will happen next, Notre Dame has a chance to put together a tremendous offensive class. And just how good, though. And Archer, we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes, man. That's a great That's a great mailbag question. It's uh, Joe Rudolph is uh, Joe Rudolph's first name. So, yeah, Joe Rudolph. Not Kyle, not to be confused with Kyle Rudolph, tight end from the URC. So how good can that class be, folks? How good could it be? I think, personally, just from my perspective, especially as comparing players as as juniors to where they to where they each were i think that this class has the potential to be better than the 2024 class i really believe that you're betting on a little bit more upside in the 2024 2025 class in my opinion i mean i think of like deuce knight versus cj Carr. that would be a great conversation right and it is a great conversation who would you rather have cj Carr or deuce knight if you say CJ Carr because he is a lot further along and he's a lot higher floor and he's also a really good player, I wouldn't say anything to you. Like you, you are right, and you would have a fair point there. If you told me I'll take Deuce Knight because they're going to get the same amount of coaching, and if I get the most out of Deuce Knight comparative to if I get the most out of CJ Carr, then. Deuce Knight probably wins that conversation, right? Because I think that he clearly has the more upside of the play. It's just about where the floors are in comparison. So Deuce Knight versus CJ Carr is going to be a great conversation for now on until the end of signing day. And it's also going to be a great conversation into their Notre Dame careers because they're only a year behind each other. So when CJ Carr is a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore, depending on if how much he plays as a freshman, you're going to get Deuce Knight to come right behind you. And you guys are going to battle for the next couple of years and be in the same quarterback room. So that comparison is going to be one that we are going to have as Notre Dame fans. And I think it's fun. I think it's really fun. You can never have enough talented quarterbacks in a room. Never, ever, ever. So getting those two together, I think is going to be tremendous. That wide receiver group, folks, again, upside is, is in this conversation here. But if you get Taylor Taylor, Derek Meadows, Jerome Bettis Jr., and then you get, and if you could push it to four and let's say get a Dayla McCutcheon, that is a great wide receiver class. Not good, great. And in that sense, like I will, I will gamble on a Jerome Bettis Jr., for instance, because he's a little bit of a gamble. He's a little bit of a gamble. He has some traits that you like, some that you still need to be, you need more proof to how good he can be. But that wide receiver class has a chance to be tremendous. And, uh, all around, I mean, again, Derek Meadows, height, weight, speed, freak, 
Taylor Taylor, dynamic, one of the best wide receivers in the 2025 class overall. And then if you're able to get like a Dayla McCutcheon with the floor that he brings to the table and the dynamic ability in space, that's a great wide receiver crew. You already have James Flanagan in 2025, who is not the polished player that Jack Larson is today, but he's also, but James Flanagan is again, it's similar to the Deuce Knight CJ Carr conversation. I think that's pretty safe to say that if James Flanagan hits his upside, he is a better prospect than Jack Larson. Jack just brings the floor to the table. So those things are comparable. Offensive line, I think, is going to be where the big separator is in 2025 compared to 2024. Because I, Gerby Lambert, big time upside, right? Anthony Knapp has grown on me tremendously. Peter Jones is super solid. Styles Prescott has some things that you like. But if Notre Dame is able to get, hypothetically speaking, an Owen Strebig, Matty Augustine, Will Black class, let's say, I will take that class over 2024. I will. Because I think that Owen Strebig and Gerby Lambert are comparable in the caliber of player they are. I actually like Owen more as a junior than I liked Gerby, although Gerby is very good. Matty Augustine, I think I would take over any offensive lineman in 2024 as juniors because he's having a really nice junior year. And Will Black is the type of upside player that I think I would take over just about anybody in 2024 as well. That offensive line class would be a separator over 2024, in my opinion. So it could be a potential wash at quarterback, running back 2024 wins. I I, I like Justin Thurman. I like Daniel Anderson. Kedron Young and Neus Williams is just different. That was a different group. Tight end-wise, I would give the edge to 2025 as of today to potentially add on to that, depending on how things kind of finish out. If you're not able to get Carter Nelson and you get a second tight end in the class. I think it's a clear win at tight end in 2025. Wide receiver, I think, is a bit of a wash. I mean, Cam Williams is the highest-graded player in those two classes right now, in in theory. But what type of jump does Taylor Taylor make as a senior? Is that a comparable conversation? I think it could be. And then outside of that, you're like, then you're comparing Derek Meadows to Micah Gilbert. And so I would say that's a little bit of a wash. And even if you want to give a slight edge to 2024, I don't think it's like an insurmountable one. So 2025 to wrap this up, you have a chance to put together a tremendous offensive class. And I think that you could at least rival 2024, but I think it could be better, man. I truly do. And it might be, recency bias and just kind of getting the excitement of 2024 2025 it might be because of deuce like it might be because of all those factors together but i truly think that 2025 could be the best offensive class under coach freeman so far and i think it could be the best inner game has had in some time that is going to do it for the 2025 class conversation folks next I'm going to get into a little bit of a Pittsburgh preview here. Talk about the recruits that you should expect on campus it's a little bit of a lighter week for Notre Dame So not a ton of names, but some very, very important names. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell if you're listening to me live on YouTube. If you are listening on any and all of your favorite podcast platforms, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com to sign up for the latest team and recruiting intel. We're going to hit the visit preview for Notre Dame versus the Pitt Panthers here next on Recruiting Hour on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.